What is up, everybody? I'm Dylan Pertemri, and welcome back to another episode of Top Shelf. The season starts today, and I am ready to get back into hockey mode. If you're new around here, make sure you go check out the first episode where I tell you all about what this podcast is going to be, jump into new changes in the division alignment and new potential rivalries and old ones being revived, where players move this offseason. If you're returning, thank you so much for listening to the first episode. Today, we're going to be talking about some rule changes we'll be seeing this season, as well as my two early season predictions. So let's hop right on into our second episode of Top Shelf. All right, all right, all right. The NHL season is upon us today, and buckle on in because we are going to have over a hundred straight days of hockey. Now, there's still a bit of more you need to know before the season actually begins. The NHL has instituted some new rule changes. Um, the first thing we're going to get into is the offsides rule. So, originally, how the offsides rule worked is that in order for a player to be considered onsides, at least one skate must be touching the blue line or anywhere behind it before the puck entirely crosses the blue line. This new rule change makes it so the skate does not physically actually have to be touching the ice, but instead just not over the line. Now, the point of this rule change was to make it easier for referees to call so they weren't they didn't have to pay attention if the player's skate was actually a, just like a, a millimeter off the ice or not, um, and also to review because we had many challenges last season where coaches would challenge it. And they, they would have to zoom in so close just to see if that player's skate was just the slightest bit off. Um, <clears throat> so obviously there's mixed reviews with um, with video review about whether any sport should have it. People, Some people like it because it gets the call right and they think the call should be right every single time. Other people don't like it. They say, just play, ref can make the call they mess up that's part of the game as well as they feel like it like just stops the momentum of the game with the video review not being quick enough um and just that it it just you can't properly celebrate a goal because then someone could go challenge it and then you just take it back so like do you even celebrate or not um in my opinion i like video review i still think it has a long way to go though before it is perfected i think it, it, in my opinion, I think they need to get the call right, and I think they have the right to do so. But like, it should be being looked at before uh, there's even a challenge, like to see if it's right or not. Um, I also think it should be way quicker. Like these refs take millions and millions of looks, and you know, at home you're looking and you're like, I could call that in like two two videos that they showed. I already know what it is. Uh, I think they have to make it faster. I think that's the big issue with it. Um, now with this rule change, there's still a bit of confusion, even though it seems like a good rule. Um, in the second part of, uh, what the NHL said is that if a player's skate has yet to break the plane prior to the puck crossing the leading edge, which is the leading edge of the blue line into the attacking zone, um, he is deemed to be onside. Now the confusion with this is how does this apply in a reverse situation does that mean that if any part of the skate crosses the blue line, it is offside? Um, I don't know if they're only talking about if the blade crosses, but like, let's say a player's like tongue, like you're going to get like, 
little millimeter of the tongue over the blue line. If shoelace is flinging over the line. Um, the reason why this can be seen as a problem is now we're just back to where we were having to zoom all the way in and just seeing just to clarify that little millimeter if it's over. Um, <clears throat> so I, I think that what the NHL has to do here is just kind of clarify this rule and um, say if they mean any part of the skate or if it's only a certain part of the skate. I think if the NHL just has to come out and clarify what they mean, I'm sure we're going to have clarification in the season when this comes up at some point, because it, it definitely will with the offsides uh, rule change. Um, <clears throat> next thing we're going to be talking about is the taxi squad roster. So normally in NHL teams roster, they can carry 23 team, 23 players, excuse me, and have to comply with an $81.5 million cap speech, which is the cap for this year. In 2021, however, teams will be allowed to carry four to six additional players as the taxi squad. These players will be allowed to actually practice with the team and maybe even travel with the teams on their away games. Um, if they're on a two-way deal, they will be making their minor league contract unless they are activated into the NHL squad. Uh, and then as far as salary-wise, though, if they're in the taxi squad, uh, it takes uh, the cap hit of the AHL team. So it's not like the NHL team has to be like decisive if who they want. Like it's going to hit the cap of the AHL team. The reason for doing this is obviously because of COVID. Normally, teams can just call up players from their AHL team, and they they need a last minute adjustment. They call them up, but since um, we have COVID restrictions like quarantining and many of the affiliates are in different states from their NHL affiliate or even different countries. They wouldn't be able to do those quick call-ups. Um, so it's going to be allowed that players are capable of moving freely from the taxi squad to the roster. So they can basically, you can have 27 players on your roster, 27, 29 27 to 29 players on your roster that you can move freely in between those teams without any waivers being applied. Um, in my opinion, this makes clear sense. You don't want to have a team playing down a player and stuff like that. And I think it's also a good opportunity uh, considering the AHL season won't be starting until February 5th. It'll give some AHL players a good startup if any team has rookies that they want to try and carry and develop and practice and see maybe give them that chance to make the NHL roster. Um, in the Since we didn't even have a preseason, all we had was training camp, it gives those rookies or maybe other players that are trying to make a jump a couple extra weeks to make it. But then I think afterwards you'll see more veteran players being stashed into the taxi squads. Um, next thing we're going to talk about is goalies. Now, unfortunately, this season, we're not going to be having any emergency backup goalies in the stadiums this season. Um, normally, uh, each stadium has a backup goalie. Obviously, we saw last season the 42-year-old Zamboni driver, David Ayers, who took over the entire NHL with his story. Um, we're not going to get that this season, unfortunately. Um, normally, teams are only required to carry two goalies in their roster. Um, but with the taxi squad this season, each team will be required to have three goalies in their roster. And if they only have two in their main roster, they will be required to have one in their um, taxi squad.
Um, so next we're going to move on to how contracts are going to work this season. Uh, the season obviously has been shortened down to a 56 games and many, many stadiums aren't going to be seeing fans. And this is going to result in the NHL losing maybe billions of money. Um, NHL players are going to be deferring 10% of their contract for this season. And then actually also 20% to escrow to compensate for the lack of fans. I believe at the moment, four or five teams have said that they're going to have fans, but the rest of the teams will currently not be having any fans. Um, and as far as for bonuses within contracts, um, because of the shortened season, the NHL will be using the ratio of 56 to 82, 82 being the normal amount of games that teams play for all bonuses and payouts. So they use this example that they uh, sent out to clarify for everyone. Uh, if someone had a bonus this year for scoring 20 goals, and if they scored that 20 goals, they would get 212,000 and 500. They instead for the season would only need 14 goals, but Additionally, in doing so, they would only get $145,122. So they kind of use that ratio for both of them. Um, and as far as for rookies go, normally we see that in the regular season for um, a rookie to get their three-year entry-level deal started and booted up, they need to play at least 10 games in the NHL. Um, but this season, they're only going to be required to play seven as well, we will see players' contracts who normally should expire on June 30th, 2021, be extended to July 27th, 2021, making that after the Stanley Cup playoffs, through that all, and after we get the Seattle Kraken expansion draft to make it so those teams still do have those players on their roster that they can choose to not protect if they want to let them walk into free agency. For revenue this year, obviously the NHL is going to be taking a big hit um, in revenue. They, they're going to lose money and they're aware of that, but they still want to have hockey. Um, but in order to make up their revenue, at least for this season, they're going to allow teams to put advertisements on their team helmets. Normally we, we wouldn't see this. You would see this maybe out in the KHL or the SHL or all these European leagues where you see them completely covered in all these sponsors. Um, but we're actually going to see it in NHL, at least on the helmets. Uh, each team can do their own to try and make their profit. Um, who knows? Maybe it sticks. Maybe it doesn't. We, we really don't know. Um, as well, as I previously mentioned in the last uh, episode, that we do have the new divisions. And the NHL actually sold the naming rights to each of these. So Technically, what they are called is we have the Scotia NHL North Division, um, the Honda NHL West Division, the Discover NHL Central Division, and the Mass Mutual NHL East Division. And we're unsure, according to league sources, they're not sure whether these changes will be for this season only because of the lack of revenue or if the NHL is experimenting to see how this all works out. Uh, I'm sure they'll see how it goes this season and make a determination in the next offseason. Uh, so finally, we have COVID protocols. Obviously, we were going to have this. This is the biggest thing that will be looked at. Um, it's the difference we see between leagues. Obviously, any single professional sport has COVID protocols right now. Um, so far, we have seen problems in all sports that don't sit in a bubble. We saw the NHL in a in the bubble for the playoffs last season. We also saw the NBA do the bubble playoffs last season, and they were both tremendous successes. 
obviously now it's harder to do a bubble when you have so many teams and you're not just limited to a certain amount of teams in the playoffs. We saw the MLB when it first started, it had its initial outbreak at the beginning of the season and a couple problems without the NFL early in the season had lots of postponing and rescheduling with positive tests. And recently we even saw a huge outbreak in the NBA with several players testing positive. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how the NHL handles this. Um, for one thing, we're going to be seeing coaches wearing masks when they're on the bench. Um, we'll see how this works in comparison to the NFL where we've seen many coaches um, miss wear their mask or pull them down to yell at refs and players, which is completely against the point of wearing a mask. Uh, the NHL has also made it so when teams travel, they are only allowed to go to the rink and their hotels. Um, and at their hotels, that's where, where they'll be served all of their meals. They're not allowed anywhere else. And as teams can only practice in NHL sanctioned facilities, so and that and their practices are not opened up to the public. So there's no practicing with like third tier people or anything like that. Like the NHL, it has to be NHL sanctioned facilities. Um, the NHL has also asked that meetings be held virtually uh, to the greatest of their extent possible, um, but if not, have strict physical distancing and wearing masks. Owners and presidents are actually ranked as group three. So the NHL did a tier ranking and presidents and owners are ranked as group three and they cannot come in physical contact with players or coaches. Uh, so that means that like no meetings with their owners or stuff like that, um, or even like contract, like it, it's all gonna be done virtually. Uh, next, when home players are at home, obviously, they're not allowed to carpool with anyone or even do valet parking, which many of them normally do. And club members are discouraged from socializing with each other but if they do do so, they must be distanced and wearing a mask. And finally, testing players and staff will be tested daily, and they will do so for the first four weeks of the NHL season. And then it's going to be reevaluated at the time to see where we're at with COVID and everything in the league and how it's been going, and they'll reevaluate. Um, so, in my opinion, I think that this will, I think it'll go better than other leagues. I'm going to say this because I think the NHL doesn't have many people with an ego. Um, most of the players in the NHL, they just want to play their hockey. They just want to get their game done. They want to play with their teammates and all that. They're not going to care if they're partying or wanting to go out with other people. I feel like NHL players are better and more disciplined than others, as well as hockey coaches, I think are much more disciplined and, um, some of them have even said that they don't even care that they're wearing a mask, that they're completely fine with it, um, and that it'll just make it so people can't see what they're saying at all. Um, so I, th I think it'll work out well, but I'm interested to see how this first week will go. So now it's time for us to move on in to my two early season predictions. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to rank every single team and where they are going to finish in the division. All right. Here we go. We're going to start out with the North, the Canadian division. Coming in seventh place, I'm going to go with the Senators. Um, Senators got both Jake Sanderson and Tim Stutzel from the NHL draft. They also traded for 
um, Matt Murray, a great young goalie. I think they have great potential, a great youth, but they, they just won't stack up against the competition. I, I don't think they can, I don't think they can make it. I don't think they're going to score enough. Um, <clears throat> I think they'll get beaten defensively and that their youth is really going to sh- shine through and they'll probably drop into the like bottom five this year, which I mean, is okay for them. But at number six, we got the Canadians. Um, I, I wouldn't count out the Canadians. So I know last episode I was like telling the Canadians have no chance. I wouldn't count them out from looking at the playoffs now that I look at. So I'm going to tell you my four, five, and six. So I have Canucks four, Jets five, Canadians six. I think any of these three teams can grab that fourth spot. I'm leaning more Canucks just because of how amazing they've been. They had their two great young prospects. I, they're not even prospects. They're stars now. They've Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes, both of them who were actually on the last last year of their rookie contracts. So you know they're going to show out for it. Elias Pettersson proving to be one of the best centers in the game, uh, one of the best two-way players. Quinn Hughes, an amazing offensive defenseman, was hand-in-hand with Kale McCarr last season. I think Kale McCarr did have the better season, though, but still amazing. And you got the Jets, who I think are a bit underrated. Uh, They got Connor Hellebuck, uh, one of the best, if not the best goalies in the league. Um, I, I, I just... They had problems with line A, potential trade. They did pick up Paul Stassi, which I think is a great pickup for them. They're solid defensively. I think the Jets could sneak in, but I'm going to stick with the Canucks. So now we're moving up to three where we've got the Edmonton Oilers. Um, Edmonton Oilers didn't really do a whole lot. They've got, obviously, Connor McDavid, so you can't count them out. We don't know what we're going to see from Connor McDavid. They also have Leon Dreisaitl. Amazing season, MVP last year. Uh, the, the one thing they didn't, they didn't address, they didn't address their goaltending. They picked up Mike Smith. Who's like a, okay. Goalie Koskinen had a pretty decent season, but the only reason I have them ranked third is because they're goalie. If they had a better goalie, I think they could be second, maybe even first in this division. And they would be a problem for sure. At number two, we're going to go with the Calgary flames. Um, Calgary Frames didn't really make many adjustments. Obviously, they brought in Markstrom, who's a much better goalie coming off the hot season. They did downgrade basically from TJ Birdie to Tanev. Um, if Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan stay healthy, they're going to have an amazing season. I think they're going to finish second in this. And at the top, the last Canadian team left is the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is, I, I have such a strong feeling about the Toronto Maple Leafs this season. Um, normally they struggle, they get in and then get knocked out first round. Um, this year, I think they're going to come up at top. Um, they've got all the pieces they need. They have forward, they have defense. They brought in TJ Brody, um, who's a great puck uh, moving defenseman. I th- it, With Frederick Anderson, that you got Austin Matthews, John Tavares. <clears throat> you've got Nylander. Like you've got Marner, you got you got Riley. I think I think they're gonna top out, and I genuinely think that they are gonna make it to. They're gonna come out of that division in the playoffs too, uh, for that and make it to the semifinals. So next division we're gonna be talking about is the East. Uh, This is probably one of the hardest. This is probably the hardest division that is there and is very hard for me to 
determine where people are going to go. So in eighth, without a doubt in my mind, is going to be the New Jersey Devils. Obviously, I talked about the New Jersey Devils last time, traded for Ryan Murray, signed Corey Crawford, but now Corey Crawford actually retired. So they're, they're not going to have Corey Crawford this season. They're going to have Mackenzie Blackwood, which I still think doesn't hurt them. But I think I think um, they're just going to finish last. I think they're in the hardest division and I, I really don't think they stand a chance. Uh, next in seventh place, we're going to have the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, I, I, the Buffalo Sabres could bump up a couple spots. I, st- I still don't think Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel, them alone, is enough um, for them to make it into the playoffs. I know a lot of people are hyping them up and getting high on them, and Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel are going to have this breakout season together. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to finish in seventh in that division. Next, uh, at number six in the East, I have the New York Rangers. Um, New York Rangers are promising. They've been building up. They've come close. Artemi Panarin had an amazing season. They just got Alexi Lafreniere, the first overall pick. Um, Amazing player. Uh, I I think they could go up to five. They could even shock people and go into four. I don't think they would actually shock people, though. I think they could finish fourth. Again, the fourth, fifth, and sixth teams, I feel like, could be swapped. Um, at number five, I do have the Islanders. Islanders are just a solid team. Like, they are a very solid team. Um, with Barry Trotz as their coach, they're very well defensive. And they've got Semyon Varlamov, great experienced goaltender. I'm going to put them at five, missing out on the playoffs. And at number four, I have the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, obviously, Pittsburgh Penguins now have Tristan Jari as their starting goalie. But again, they have Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Um, do will they take a step back this season? Maybe, but it's it's still Sidney Crosby and still Evgeny Malkin. They still have Gensel. Uh, they they have Chris Letang, so they still have a good core there. I think I think it would be ridiculous for me to say they're not going to make the playoffs. At number three, uh, I have the Boston Bruins. Now I've seen a lot of other people ranking the Boston Bruins a lot higher. Uh, some of them even finishing first and I guess I could see that happening maybe but Bruins are without Pasternak until mid-February so they're gonna be going about a month without probably their best player on their team they lost Zidane Chara. obviously not a lot on the ice but he does give that experience I think we see Charlie McAvoy take a huge step now taking all the top minutes here uh, I would look out for him to take a huge step, but they did also lose Tory Krugs and Kevin Miller, who they signed is out for the season as well. I think, or he's out for quite a good time. I think maybe the season, but that's, that's just a lot. Their defensive depth isn't there. Um, once again, they do have a great core. You can never count Boston out. They can always come out. We'll see how Tuka Rask does. Obviously, he left last season. We'll see how he feels about the season without fans and all that. He said it just didn't feel the same to him. So I don't know how much to trust him with that. But I'm going to rank them third. And at number two, I have the Washington Capitals. Washington Capitals, who signed, uh, they're going with Samsonov. They let Holpe go, going with the young guy, Samsonov. They did sign Lundqvist, who was actually out for the season. He has a heart condition. He's not going to be playing this season, unfortunately. Um, I also talked about Zdeno Chara moving there, um, him maybe not playing, but I didn't realize that um, Kempney is actually out till April. So that's going to open up a slot for Zdeno Chara to play. 
Obviously, Capital is having Nicholas Backstrom, his old reliable Alex Ovechkin, who is amazing. And I'm rooting for Alex Ovechkin to pass Wayne Gretzky. Well, he'll need a couple of good seasons. Obviously, the shortened season doesn't help. But Ovi is just an ultra competitor, and you can never count him out. And he always wants to win. <clears throat> and number one, I have the Flyers. The Flyers are an amazing team. They are hardworking. They are gritty. Gritty. I just realized it. I didn't even mean that. That's their their mascot, obviously. <clears throat> they have the best young goalie in the league, Carter Hart, who I think is going to take a step up this season and have an amazing season with them. Obviously, they got the likes of Claude Giroux and Sean Couturier down the middle. Um, you have Travis Konechny, and you got Jakub Voracek, uh, Shane Gostabier. Um, I think I think they're going to have an amazing season. They proved themselves last uh, season at the end in the playoffs. We're a really hard team to beat. I think they're going to come on top in the East. Next, we're going to move to the Central. Uh, and number seven, we have... <laughs> The uh, Red Wings, sorry, Red Wings fans. It's it's just going to be another bad year for you guys. Um, you don't really have any huge additions. Um, I, I don't know what else to say. I'm sorry. They got robbed of the first overall pick. They always get screwed over in the lottery, dropped down to fourth this year. Hopefully you guys can get a better pick this year. Um, that's all I really have to say about the Red Wings. I don't think you can have a worse season than last year, at least. Um, at number seven, we have the depleted Chicago Blackhawks. Now, they have a lot of injuries. They have Jonathan Thames, who came out and said uh, he has an undisclosed illness that is going to keep him out indefinitely. He doesn't know if he's going to return for the season, but he just doesn't feel healthy and doesn't feel himself. So you're going to be without their captain obviously a big part of their franchise um, and a big part of their dynasty that they had their leader. So that's going to be hard to swallow. they're without one of their good young players, Alex Nylander. He's out with a knee injury. I think he's supposed to come back in a two months or something like that. He, he did have surgery. And finally they have Kirby doc who unfortunately got injured right at the beginning of the world juniors with a wrist. I believe he's out till maybe April ish. Uh, the Blackhawks aren't an amazing team to start with. They do have great young players. Uh, I think any other division, they finish probably last. But because of the Red Wings, I'm putting them at seven. Number six, we have the Panthers. I don't really have anything to say about the Panthers. Do people even know who's on the Panthers? I mean, you got Jonathan Huberdeau and Barkov. Yeah. All right. So next is the Predators. Um, Predators are an okay team. They have great defense. Um, their goaltending is up in the air. Um, I guess they're going to go with UC Saros. Um, but there's not really much to write about them. Ryan Johansson. Uh, I think people are talking about Tolvanen having a season, but Tolvanen hasn't really done anything. So I think they're just going to sneak in five. And I think these top four uh, teams in the central are going to be the playoffs team. So you got the blue jackets. They're a solid team. One of the best coaches in the league, John Tortorella. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they signed Pierre-Luc Dubois to a two-year extension, which is good on them. They, Wenberg, they have a great defense and great going with Merzlinkis. Merzlikis, Mer, Merzlikis, here we go. 
Uh, so I think they're going to sneak on in fourth there. Obviously, the, every team below them won't make it, so I think they have an easy chance of making the playoffs. And number three, we're going to go with the Dallas Stars. Um, they came in, made it to the finals, lost to the Lightning. Tyler Sagan is out with a hip injury, so he'll they'll be without their top player for a good majority of the time. I think they have a great defense, though. Miro Heiskanen, um, Honka, Lundell. Um, they're going to have Kudobin because Bishop is out with a knee injury till April. I think they'll slot in easily into that number three slot. But when Tyler Sagan comes back, I think he'll bring a whole new life to the team. And number two, we have the Carolina Hurricanes. The Carolina Hurricanes are a young team still, and they are amazing. Sebastian Aho and Svechnikov to look out for. Um, I guess the one they got a great defense. You got Dougie Hamilton there, one of the best defensemen in the league. I think their goaltending is the only thing I kind of question, but they they've got a great coach. You gotta love Rod. Um, and I think they're gonna slot into the second uh, seed there. And number one in the central, probably one of the Stanley Cup. Um, they are the Stanley Cup champions, but they might be like the favorite to win again this season is the Tampa Bay Lightning. They have a great roster. They didn't really lose much. They threw Tyler Johnson up on waivers. And they are without Nikita Kucherov this season for the entire season. He's out with a hip injury, but they've got Victor Hedman, one of the best defensemen, if not the best defenseman in the league, a solid rock back there. And you also do have Andrei Vasilevsky in net, one of the best goalies, a top three goalie in the league. I think with a depth, the Lightning come out on top. <clears throat> Finally, we do have the West. Um, in the West, uh, at number eight, I have the LA Kings. LA Kings are going nowhere. They have great young prospects, Quinton Byfield, Alex Turcotte, and all of them. Uh, I mean, they could probably be swapped with the Ducks who I have at number seven. Um, they're both their young team. I don't think Kevin Shattenkirk does anything for the Ducks. Ducks do have John Gibson, which is why I put them above the Kings. I think Gibson can rob some games for them where the Kings have quick in that, who I don't think can do anything. That's my seven and eight. And number six, I have the San Jose Sharks. San Jose Sharks is just like a mad team. They have bad contracts. They have old players. Um, I don't think they're going anywhere right now. They're actually going to probably be without Evander Kane, one of their top scoring forwards. He actually filed for bankruptcy. I just saw that recently the other day. Uh, I think it was somewhere in 27 million debt. So that that's unfortunate for Evander Kane, a great player. Um, one of the only black players in the NHL and trying to break through and does so much for the league. He is uh, in bankruptcy. Um, I hope he can figure it out and get better and hopefully next year make it back into the league. Um, but for now, they're going to be without Evander Kane. <clears throat> and number five, I have the Arizona Coyotes, um, another team that's just kind of stuck there in the middle, can't quite make the playoffs. I mean, they did make the playoffs last season, but they also did lose Taylor Hall. Um, I just, yeah, they're not really going much places. They have old Phil Kessel. I think they're going to just miss out on the playoffs. Um, at number four, I have the Minnesota Wild. I think the West is a weird division because the top three teams are three of the top or best teams in the league. 
like their top but like after that it just all falls off the only reason i have the wild in is because the teams below them are awful um they did lose marco rossi their ninth overall pick um he's going to be out indefinitely for now with an upper body injury which is a bit unfortunate he could have gotten some good time um some of the minnesota wilds trades are a little questionable but i think they sneak in and number four, just because of who's around them. And number three, I do have the St. Louis Blues. Um, Tarasenko is out uh, indefinitely right now with a shoulder injury. Everyone, the Blues are a great team. And I know they lost Petriangelo. They did add Krug. But they're still solid everywhere. Um, I'm not sure quite where they are at with Mike Hoffman. I know they did sign him to a PTO. Um but even if they don't get him, they're a solid team. I know people are like getting down on them because they lost Petrangelo, but I, I don't think you can do that because they still have an amazing team within them. So I'm going to rank them at number three. Um, at two and one here, I have two of my favorites to make the NHL Stanley Cup and to actually win it. Uh, so at number two, we have the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, Vegas fans have to be so excited, obviously, signing Alex Petrangelo. They have Fleury. They have Lehner. Um, the, the Golden Knights haven't suffered. Uh, I mean, they've suffered because they've made it to the playoffs all the time and made it deep in their first year to the Stanley Cup final, which is just insane and we won't ever see. But they just continue to build and build. And I know so many other fans of teams are just like, jealous of them because they they haven't had anything really go bad for them they haven't had to rebuild or anything like that they've just kept going and going uh, golden knights are an amazing team they have veterans like pack Shiretti. Uh they have tuck you know they they have all these players petrangelo theodore um carlson uh i think they're just a solid hit. mark stone i didn't even mention him great two-way player and scorer um I think they saw them at number two here. And the only reason they do that is because the team in their division that's going to come in first is the Colorado Avalanche. Everyone knows how stacked the Colorado Avalanche, their only little weak spot, I guess, is their goalie, but he's not even awful. Um, Grubauer. And um, they have one of the best um, players in the league, uh, Nathan McKinnon who is just phenomenal and has been breaking out more and more. They have one of the best defensemen in the league, Kale McCarr, another young player. You got Landis Gog. You, you got all of these players. And everyone knows the Avalanche is stacked, and they are the team to look out for. Mika Ranton and playing up at that top line with Nathan McKinnon. I think that they're the team to look out for, and they're going to really take the, the league by storm this season. <clears throat> so that's where we've got in – the divisions for my rankings. So finally, we're going to finish off with my two early season award predictions where um, I'm going to rank who I think is going to finish where. So for the Calder Memorial, which is the rookie of the year, there's three players you should be looking at. You got Igor Shashurkin, who plays, he's the goalie for the Rangers. You got Kaprasov for the Wild. Um, he's coming into league, uh, played in the KHL the past two seasons and was a leading goal scorer. And finally, we have the first overall pick, Alexi Lafreniere, um, who's going to be my pick for the Calder. I know, a bit of a cop-out, picking the first overall pick to be the rookie of the year, winning the Calder. But he put up back-to-back 100-point seasons. Um, 
in in the past two seasons, um, in when he was playing in the um, with Oceanic. And uh, last season, to put it in perspective, he had 35 goals and 77 assists. That's 112 points in 52 games. That is more than two points per game, which is insane. He's an amazing prospect. He's going to fit so well in on that New York Rangers um, team, building up youth. They also have Premier and Zabinijad. Uh, I like Laffy Daffy uh, to win the Calder Memorial this year. Um, Maurice Richard goes to the top goal scorer. Unfortunately, David Poshnok is going to be out till mid-February. He won't be able to repeat. He won't be able to catch up with players. I think I think it's going to go down to Alexander Ovechkin and Austin Matthews this season. And with how I think the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to break out the season, I'm going to give it to Matthews. I think Matthews is going to put up 40. Let's see. Somewhere in the 40s, I think he'll put up this season. I'm going to give him... 42 goals this season and i think he'll beat out Ovi for the maurice richard um fine uh next we have the art ross which is given to the player who gets the most points in the season i think without a doubt this thing of the nathan mckinnon he's gonna hit the ground running um he's comes close so many years and put up phenomenal numbers obviously he's had some injuries um, I think the West is one of the weaker divisions where they're just going to run away with it, which is why I think Nathan McKinnon is going to win the Art Ross and get the most points this season. <clears throat> For the Frank J. Selke, uh, I'm going to go with good old Patrice Bergeron. Now, Patrice Bergeron's always a candidate this year. He's a safe pick for the Selkie. Um, he actually just got named captain last week uh, with Dezeno Chara. It was obviously going to be Bergeron. They actually played a little prank on him saying Martian got the captaincy. Uh, I think with the Bruins lacking a bit defensively, Bergeron getting a bit older, he's going to be able to drop back a bit more and he's going to have to help back on defense a lot more, which is why I think he's going to win the Selkie, but obviously look out for the other obvious candidates like Ryan O'Reilly or Sean Couturier who won it last season and Mark Stone. Uh, Jack Adams goes to the best coach in the league. Um, and I'm going to go with Sheldon Keith, the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, so I think he's going to, they're going to shock everyone. They're going to finish first of the Canadian division. And I think they're going to make it to the semifinals. I know Sheldon Keith's only going to be in like his, it's going to be like his first full season, even though it's not really a full season. But I think I think the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to shock people, and I think they're going to give Sheldon Keith the Jack Adams. The James Norris Memorial goes to the best defenseman in the league, and I'm picking John Carlson. As many you can pick, Roman Yossi won it last year. You got Victor Hedman. John Carlson was the leader at the beginning of the season and then started to fall off a bit. But I really think that uh, he's going to secure it up this season. Capitals are going to do great this season. I think Carlson's going to lead defenseman in points or be up there with defenseman in points. Plus he's great defensively. So I'm going to pick John Carlson to be my James Norris Memorial player or winner. And next we have the Vesna, which is given out to the best goaltender in the league. I think it's going to go to Robin Lehner. I think Robin Lehner is going to have an amazing season, full first season with the Golden Knights. Golden Knights have great defense with Petrangelo. I think he'll lead in many categories this season. I think, I think he really 
I think he will be the best goaltender. And I think with that weaker West is going to really give him a chance. Um, lots of people I've seen going with other players like Price or Hellebuck, excuse me, winning the Vesna. Um, so I'm going to be different. And I just have a weird gut feeling about Robin Lehner winning this one. Uh, and finally, we have the MVP, Hart Memorial. It's going to be Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon, a long time coming. Obviously, once again, I'm going to say the weaker rest. He's going to lead the league in points. He's just going to show out and be amazing and be the best player on the ice. So I'm going Nathan McKinnon for my Hart Memorial MVP of this season. So that is going to do it for this episode. So many adjustments being made, but it's happening tonight. We are going to be getting our first look at the NHL for the 2021 season. I hope you all enjoy the season. Hope you enjoy watching your teams out there again. Thank you all for listening. Next week, I'll probably be breaking down how the first week of hockey is gone and maybe even do my own power rankings of what I've seen so far. Make sure to follow me here on Spotify, and I'll catch you all next week on the next episode of Top Shelf. Thank <laughs> you.